All right. We are growing apostolic legacy, right? Uh, it's obviously the week of Thanksgiving, so uh, I thought it appropriate to um, maybe talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. And for me, it was a little bit of a um, surprising location to end up. Uh, and maybe you'll be surprised or maybe you'll be like, well, that was very obvious that you'd end up here. But um, we ended up in Leviticus, seventh chapter. How many of you enjoy reading the book of Leviticus? A lot of rules, a lot of laws, a lot of process, procedure. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily rank it as one of the more riveting uh, books of the Bible, but it is necessary um, and uh, gives us a lot of uh, context into different things. But in Leviticus, uh, we'll kind of read uh, a few and then we'll come back to these verses. But in Leviticus 7, 11 through 12, 16 and 30, it says, and this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which shall be offered to the Lord. If one offers it for a thanksgiving, then we, when we jump down to verse 16, it says, but if the sacrifice of the worshiper's offering is a vow or a free will offering, and then in verse 30, it talks that the breast may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. And so uh, when they were offering a peace offering, uh, there were kind of three other elements that you could do to enhance that experience. Uh, and, and that was you, you were going to offer it for thanks uh, as part of a vow, uh, or a, a wave offering. And, you know, what was the purpose of a peace offering? It was a gift or a service that was designed to obtain peace or reconciliation. Talked about the three types. There's uh, this vow or votive offering uh, is, is what the translation usually comes. And this is a, a promise that we've made to God. And so it's a lot of times, you know, in uh, the Old Testament, it would have been, Lord, we're going to go into this battle. If we win, we're, we're going to offer up a sacrifice to you. And it would be to honor that commitment, that promise that you made. And then uh, there's a free will offering um, that is that that you can add in there as well, and that is uh, something that goes above what was required. So you, you may offer a tithe, or you may uh, you may have said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do this, Lord," but now I'm also gonna give this. It's it's voluntary. Um, we just sang, "You can have all of me." I'm not giving just a portion of it. I'm going to give everything that I have. Then there was a thanks offering. And so this was to express thanks for something that God had done for you, um, that you would couple with that. And then the last was really a wave offering, which is um, the deliberate giving to God 
uh, as more of a testimony of God's grace and mercy. Um, and that wave offering typically was coupled or, or was what would ultimately be what the priest would uh, feast off of. And, and that was their portion that was uh, that God had reserved for them to partake of. Uh, it was not offered on the, the altar. It was not burnt there. Um, but whenever you were offering a peace offering, you were doing so to fulfill one of these specific actions. Uh, and, and this was a, a, the peace offering was the meat portion of the sacrifice. Um, but when we get into, uh, we read a little bit more in that 12th verse in Leviticus, it says, if he offer it for a Thanksgiving offering, there were some extra things that you had to do. Then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, unleavened wafers that were anointed with oil, and cakes that were mingled with oil of fine flour and were fried. So this was in addition to the peace offering, the meat that was there. And you may say, am I qualified to offer anything to the Lord? I'm a sinner. I am... I'm not uh, a Levite. I'm not worthy of entering into his presence. Uh, but when we look at what you were supposed to couple when it came to Thanksgiving, it was a recognition of who you are. So when we look at, we know that leaven is often equated with sin. And so when you look at this, there are unleavened cakes. So these are, we've removed Cakes are big things. Wafers, they're thin little pieces. So those are the small things. And then you had cakes that had leaven in them. So those are the big ugly things uh, that, we, that we have to offer. So there, there are the good things that we do uh, that, you know, they, they never quite measure up to maybe what our expectation is or what we should do. Um, and we've got the small things that we do, maybe the things that we take for granted of, hey, I, I prayed over my food. That's a small thing that you can do. Um, if you've ever read any of the advocates' reports on the food standards of some of the restaurants uh, in our area, when they rank them and they talk about uh, what violations they may have, you may start praying over your food more regularly. Um, and so, but th those little things, uh, and then we, we all know that we've sinned, we've fallen short, uh, and, and we've got, you know, you may have a past that seems like a really big loaf. But when we bring that all to God, all of it either gets mixed, mingled, anointed, covered, and is flowing with that oil. So you're covered. You know, we talk about being covered by the blood. In the Old Testament, it's covered by the blood. Things were also covered by oil. And so we're all qualified to give this offering of thanksgiving. So what does that mean? 
that we've got, we always have something to be thankful for. The circumstance that we're going through, maybe it's a big thing that's a result of some sin, maybe it's a little thing, maybe it's a little thing that had nothing to do with a sin, it's just, this is an inconvenience that I have. We can still be thankful. And when you go and you, you, did, you jump down a few more verses in Leviticus, and again, this is all riveting reading of saying when you can eat, what you're supposed to make. But in verse 15, around the thanks offering, it says, In the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving. So again, you're, you're offering a peace offering. And then you're, you're offering this thanks offering in addition. It shall be eaten the same day that it's offered, and he shall not leave any of it until the morning. That meant whatever you offered for meat and these cakes, you had to eat it all that day. Otherwise, the sacrifice was not going to be honored. So you may say, wow, that could be a lot of food. To consume. And, but you had to get full, you had to use it all, and that may mean that you've got to bring in others to participate in your thanksgiving. And when we think about the origins of thanksgiving and whether it's the pilgrims and the Indians getting together at a big table and sharing corn and turkeys and biscuits. Uh, they were getting together and offering thanks thousands of years before. It's not a new concept. It's something that we'll spend the rest of eternity giving thanks and praising the Lord and being together. And so when you're full of thanks, there's no room for you to be bitter, angry, frustrated. We look at a world right now that is filled with bitterness, jealousy, anger, fear, anxiety, frustration, stupidity, one could say. And uh, you can allow that to influence you. And you can become negative. You can become frustrated, angry, and sometimes you don't even know why. Why am I upset about this? This literally doesn't affect me. How many of you ever been there? Like, all of a sudden I get angry about something that is not going to affect my life. But that's why this is something that when you offer thanks, a thanksgiving offering in that day and you fill yourself and you have to consume it, it doesn't leave room for any of that other stuff to enter into your mind, to enter into your spirit. And th there are so many things that we have to be thankful for. Um, the report about Sister Melissa Wallace, the report about David Guy, the report about Brother Reagan, those are things that have just happened this week that you can start thanking the Lord for. And you can call somebody else up and say, hey, you're not going to believe what happened. I just want you to know about this and I'm, I'm giving thanks to the Lord for it, and you're joining somebody else into that thanksgiving, and uh, that may be 
what changes their day, changes their week, gets them out of a, a funk that they've maybe been in, and they get to participate in your thanks. It's a party. When you look at the, the vow or the free will offering, it says, but if the sacrifice of this offering be a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that you offer the sacrifice, and on the morrow, you'll eat the rest of it. So when you've made a commitment, or you're saying, hey, I'm going to go above and beyond giving an offering of what I committed to, um, not only are you thinking about it that day, but you're going to be thinking about it the next day. And then if there's anything left over after the second day, and you're on the third day, then you're supposed to offer that back up to God. So you're back into, I'm offering up a sacrifice to God. That doesn't leave a whole lot of room for you to be thinking about all this other stuff that's going on. And uh, it is, we'll read a, a little bit, uh, a verse a little bit later that is, it, it's nested in between a, a passage that we'll read that we're all very familiar with, pray without ceasing. And, you know, we all know that that's not really possible for us to, I couldn't be talking to you about Thanksgiving if I was praying Right? So, and, and we also know that we're supposed to be spreading the gospel. So, uh, but you'll see when we are doing these things, the reason that you pray without ceasing, the reason that you offer thanks um, is so that you are in this cycle where it doesn't leave room for bitterness, anger, frustration, negativity. It doesn't leave room for that. And uh, this, so this is a type of offering, offering that you know what's coming, and you know that you've got to dwell on it for a couple of days. It's got to stick around. It's going to remind you. Um, and in the old days, th these weren't, you know, personal sacrifices. Everybody knew when you were leading something up... <laughs> to be sacrificed. It was a public display. And um, it is, you know, it, it's not an opportunity to say, oh, look at what I'm doing. Or it, it, this is, if you're doing it or if you're looking at somebody and saying, oh, well, they're just doing it because they want to seem holy or they want to seem better than everybody else. Hopefully that's not their spirit. If they're doing this genuinely, it's, this is about a relationship with God. This is about honoring a commitment with God and giving thanks and giving him something that he deserves, that we're called to do, um, because we're called to be worshipers. And the third one is this wave offering. So down in, in verse 30, it says, his own hands and this his own hands here is talking about the person who's brought the sacrifice. You are going to bring the offerings of the Lord made by the fire, the fat with the breast. 
It shall he bring that the breast may be waved for a wave offering before the Lord. So they were literally waving, you know, just like when Jesus came into Jerusalem, they were waving palms. That's, they would wave big chunks of meat as this is a testimony of God's grace and mercy that he's given me. And this is meat for the priest. We're going to consume this meat. Um, and it, it is when, when you bring your sacrifice and your praise before the Lord, you have to ask these questions. Am I being deliberate with my actions? And it, it is, we can run through the motions. You, you've heard the expression, fake it till you make it. And that is applicable in certain circumstances where maybe I don't feel like praising the Lord because I lost my job or uh, I'm sick or you name whatever thing it is. And for us, because I know I, I don't do this well of staying in the frame set and the... the mindset of staying in thanksgiving continually, I allow those negative thoughts to come in. I allow that frustration, that anger, that bitterness. Does everybody in here love their job? Are there days that it's frustrating? Are there more days than not <laughs> that it's frustrating? And that can be, uh, you can mumble and you can complain and that, uh, you can say, oh, well, that has nothing to do with my spirituality. But if you allow that to creep in, your responses uh, to those types of circumstances will dictate how you worship. What are you willing to do? And, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about, uh, oh, I got some terrible news, and, and I'm going to come up here and I'm going to worship. I'm sure that there are equal or more times when I get terrible news and I just sit or just stand there. I get great news. I'm up here and I'm worshiping. There are probably equal times you get great news and you just sit there or stand there. Uh, it, it is, all of those things can affect what our response is. But when we get into this mode of thanksgiving, seeking peace, reconciliation with God, that uh, we really start living what we were called. Am I a true worshiper? You know, John 4.23 says that the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. So we were designed, intended to worship the Lord, to give him thanks, to praise him, to honor him for all that he's done. And at the end of the day, if he's done nothing but give you grace and mercy, that's enough to offer up a wave offering. And when you're doing that, what you're doing is you're showing everybody around, this is what grace and mercy looks like. This is a testimony right here. 
I may not have your testimony, but I've got, I've got my own, and that's impactful. And then when I see somebody else's testimony, I don't know how many times just seeing my Uncle Tim come up here and, and do a little jig, <laughs> knowing he's not capable of doing it, knowing that if it wasn't for the Lord, he's not sitting here right now. That's a testimony. Every time he gets up, there have been plenty of times that I've seen him just raise his hand. I've seen him sit there and just raise his hand. That's a wave offering. That's a testimony. That's encouraging, and that, that changes my mindset of, hey, I've got to be thankful for what I've got going on. I've got to be thankful for what the Lord's done for me. And... Uh, when I was looking over, so again, all of that was probably as riveting as reading the book of Leviticus. Um, but I started looking at what these sacrifices were. So going back and looking at uh, the actual uh, text for the peace offerings, thanks, vow or free will or way offerings, and none of these offerings exist outside of the Old Testament. So these words, the offering for thanksgiving, todah, the offering for a vow or free will, um, nadir or uh, nedabal, and then the offering of wave, uh, tenafal, is, believe it or not, how you pronounce that. That is not how... I would have uh, pronounced it. But none of those are ever used in the New Testament. So are they still relevant or needed? Why do we even talk about them? If they're the Old Testament. We, we experience the New Testament. That's where we get to walk into the Holy of Holies. That's where we're joint heirs with Christ. So... What does this have to have to do with us? In um, Ezekiel 45, verse 15 through 17, uh, it says, And one lamb out of the flock, out of 200, out of the fat pastures of Israel for a meat offering and for a burnt offering and for peace offerings to make reconciliation for them saith the Lord God, all the people of the land shall give this oblation for the prince in Israel. And it shall be the prince's part to give burnt offerings and meat offerings and drink offerings in the feasts and in the new moons and in the Sabbaths. In all Solomonites of the house of Israel, he shall prepare the sin offering and the meat offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings to make reconciliation for the house of Israel. A lot, lot of words there. Tried to highlight ones. Unfortunately, there are a lot of them that are highlighted up there. But probably the, the important ones are one lamb, prince, and then what that prince did for you. And you may say, well, who's the prince? 
We know in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In 1 Chronicles, it says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. In Colossians, it says, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. We've got to become an overflow of thanksgiving. The Prince of Peace has made it possible where we don't have to go through and make these cakes and offer the sacrifice. The sacrifice has been done. The Prince is preparing everything else that's needed for these offerings. All we have to do is participate. It requires us, if we're seeking peace, reconciliation with God, we've got to be thankful. We've got to do it freely. We've got to honor the commitments that we've made to him. And we've got to be willing to show, show it, share it, and give that wave offering. It says, in all things... Give thanks. And First Thessalonians says, Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Okay, that's, that's the verse that we know. Pray without ceasing. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you, who you are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. You get a bad report, thank the Lord. You get attacked, thank the Lord. You get sick, thank the Lord. You have depression, fear, anxiety, anger. You get jealous, covetous, thank the Lord. I forget if it was this morning think Brother Shane talked about count your blessings. Old hymnal. I've said it before, as a young person, hymnals were not my favorite. Uh, but the older I get and the more that I listen to what those lyrics were, even though the tune may not have been, you know, there's only four or five tunes uh, to, to the hymnals. You learn four or five songs and you can change the tempo a little bit and, and you can pretty much play all the hymnals that are there. But the words are what are important. And um, I can remember Sister Newstrand over here doing the ha 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 And sometimes you may say, wow, that's silly. <laughs> Sometimes it, it would probably do us good to just fake laugh for a moment. You know, if we're in a situation, 
because you're going to get tickled at yourself, and then you're going to get some joy. And, and then maybe you can break that cycle of whatever you're in, and you can get in this cycle of being thankful, of being, uh, of looking back and seeing all the grace and the mercy that's followed you. And uh, Jesus is that answer, and that's his will for us to operate this way. When, when you are praying without ceasing, that's essentially saying, hey, any of these things that come up, pray about it. The next verse is saying, any of these things come up, be thankful. It, uh, when we look in the New Testament, it takes all of these complex, legalistic items that uh, there were processes and procedures and at times, you know, maybe just felt like a routine, and Jesus simplified it. You had all the, the Ten Commandments, and there are a lot more than that, but, but we talk about the Big Ten, and he said... I'll basically narrow it down to two. Love God, love others. It's pretty simple. This, New Testament, pretty simple. Whatever's going on, pray about it, be thankful. And you may say, David, it's not that easy. It doesn't say that the situation becomes easier. But the yoke that you're going to carry is going to be lighter. It is going to be easier when you choose thanksgiving over co complaining, yeah. over being negative, over, Pastor, I think a couple weeks ago, talked about Sister Nona Freeman and her husband, and every time they came out, thank you. When... That was exactly what I thought when Sister Susan texts about Sister Melissa. Thank you, Lord. Because I remember that wasn't her first death sentence that she received. And she was still here, and we sent her home. So, thank you, Lord. We can be, oh, man. Well, God healed her with, from cancer just for this to happen. If that's how I want to think about things, I'm not going to live a vi very victorious life. You're, you're probably going to become bitter, anxious, angry, jealous. Um, and it, it is important for us to maintain this constant, I know, we, we start November, and it's like the 25 days of Thanksgiving. And you're going to thank, you're going to be thankful for something every day. Well, when you're participating in this activity, it's a daily thing. Depending on if it's something you committed to, maybe it's a multi-day thing that, that you're supposed to be participating in. You should be joining in other people's thanksgiving. So we have an opportunity. There aren't just one or two of us here. So I'm sure throughout this week, there are several here that are going to have something to be thankful for. 
And they can share that, and then we can all be thankful, and we can share that, and that just continues. And I'd be amazed at the way your attitude, the way that your outlook, the way that you treat others. I'm not saying that anybody in here has a poor attitude or isn't treating anybody nicely, but when, when people start being thankful and recognizing the goodness of God, you can't help but feel better. You can't help but being loving. You can't help but sharing that with somebody else and passing it on. Ultimately, we're trying to get to that perfect peace. In John 16, 33, it says, I, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. The person that we're offering a sacrifice to is the one that's overcome it all. If anybody deserves to be bitter, angry, frustrated, I think Jesus probably holds the title for that. He could be frustrated with me all the time. Like, how are you so stupid? Like, you really, like, that's what you chose to do? Like, that's how you chose to respond. And yet, he's encouraging us here to stay cheerful. How do you stay cheerful? I can tell you it's not by being distressed or frustrated. That's not a recipe for being an overcomer. And John, a little bit earlier, says that but when the Comforter has come, this is talking about the Holy Ghost, this was Jesus saying, I'm going to leave. When the Comforter comes, who I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall also bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Again, when you enter into this peace and you are in thanksgiving, you become a witness to the world. They shouldn't look, the world should not look at a Christian and be like, wow, you know, even as a Christian, your life is just like mine. Your attitude is just like mine. That doesn't mean that we're excluded from everything. But the way that I choose to respond to the circumstances that are confronted to me, the circumstances may be the same between people, but that doesn't mean my life is the same because of how I've chosen to respond to what's been presented. I can be thankful. I can be, it doesn't mean that you're not maybe confused or questioning, but typically, you know, if you, if you are doing it in the right spirit, the Lord will treat you like Job. <laughs> and, uh, 
You know, he'll give you a little bit of a wake-up call and, 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 and let you see, wow, grace and mercy. You know, that's not when, when I, you know, if, if you go down the path and you start thinking about why me, why me, why me, and then you take that step back and you start to look at, oh, but God, but God, but God, and think about all the things, all the trajectories that had a decision been made differently or a circumstance ended up in a different way, count your blessings and then start thanking the Lord. And then don't let it be awkward that you can call somebody up and say, hey, I just want to tell you about what the Lord did with me. I'm giving him thanks. I want you to join in with me. That shouldn't be awkward. Like, why are you calling me? Good for you. Go, go, go thank the Lord yourself. Uh, we should be excited. We should want to, to join in with that because that's going to carry us and change us. Uh, and then in all things, give thanks. So getting to know who the Prince of Peace is, we already know who that is. And we know that he's fulfilling all of those aspects. Become an overflow. That's getting into that wave offering mentality where, hey, I've offered a sacrifice. Now I am. And guess what? The beauty of it is we're priests, joint heirs with Christ. So what we're waving, that testimony, that's the stuff we're feeding off of. And that's the stuff that's feeding us through the next event, through the next trial, through the next tribulation. In all things, give thanks and live it openly and find perfect peace. That peace is here today. It's available to you every day that you choose to make yourself a thanks or a vow or free will or a wave offering. Every day that you're doing that, you have a chance to usher in the Prince of Peace. When you start or join in an offering, you're filled with that peace that passes all understanding. There are situations, you know, we saw the, the accident on 70 with the semi-truck, and you just, you could be depressed thinking about that situation. But I know the Prince. I know the Prince of Peace. And I know that I can pray for them. And guess what? You may say, well, how, how do you turn that into a thanks? I'm thankful that I know the Prince of Peace and that I can ask him to go and give them comfort. Yes. That's how simple it is to find something to be thankful about. And it is so easy for the enemy in this hour to get us distracted on what's going on in the Middle East, on what's going on in our own communities, what's going on in America, what's going on on the border, what's going on in California, what's going on in New Hampshire, what's going on, name the place, we can get distracted and bogged down and be like, what's the point? Or... 
We can thank God for the big things. We can thank him for the little things, the cakes and the wafers. He's good. This week is a national call for thanks and it's a holiday that we we still have as a country which is amazing and even the secular nature of our country recognizes thanksgiving is something important how much more who we've been bought with a price that we can't repay, who we have a Savior that loves us, regardless of what we've done, he's good to us. If for nothing more, we should give him thanks for that. Lord bless you.